You're listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast. You're listening to episode 433, and I'm your co-host, Brittany Martin. And I'm your co-host, Brian Mariani. Listeners, this is a difficult topic, but one that I think that we should talk about today, and that is layoffs. We're lucky to have Brian here today because he has a unique perspective and can help answer some questions. At the time of this recording, a total of 522 tech businesses have laid off over 70,000 employees in 2022, according to layoffs.fyi, which tracks public reports. So before we get into the questions that I have for Brian, let's get started with what you're currently seeing right now, Brian. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely a funny time because no doubt there are a lot of layoffs and I'm hearing more and more developers tell me that is the reason that they're looking. It's certainly not exclusive. It's not like the only reason people are looking. Typically, it's either A, there were some layoffs in my company. I'm still employed, but it's making me a little nervous. I'm not sure about my job. I figured it's smart to kind of look around. Or it's B, I've been laid off and this just happened last week or whatever the time frame might have been and kind of fresh on the market. So I am hearing that more. Again, if I had to put a percentage on it, on the number of calls that I'm doing in a week, maybe like a third of them are directly layoff related, but still plenty of people that are just employed at their job. They've been there five or six years or there's a variety of reasons that they're looking that's not layoff related. So still fielding plenty of those calls too, but for sure, more than usual that are related to layoffs. So that's one. There's certainly truth to all those numbers. And I see it on the ground every day with my phone calls. The flip side though, which makes this a very tricky time is that there's also still a lot of hiring and I am still having every week new client calls, prospective client calls. They do have funding, they have hiring to do, or they've turned a corner profitability wise, whatever the case may be, they're in a position to hire and I'm still signing up. Usually about one client a week or every other week, which is pretty standard for us, maybe slightly less than usual, but far from any sort of panic or no jobs available or anything like that. So it's funny. I mean, I still have clients who are telling me, send us more. We need more developers. Who else do you have? So just a a weird time. We were talking about this internally the other day too. If you had to ask from a market standpoint, supply and demand, believe it or not, still have more demand than supply of engineers. The gap might be shrinking a little, but it's still in that favor where we have more jobs than engineers to fill them. But certainly hearing about the layoffs a lot more. We don't have our head in the sand on that by any stretch of the imagination. But interesting flip side is that there's also still a lot of hiring going on. So it's just an interesting time. And like any other time, we're just kind of working through it daily and weekly as we go. I feel like all the times currently are unprecedented, but you know, <laughs> there are so many tweets about layoffs. So this is why I wanted to have this episode because I wanted to make sure that we define some things too, because there are people who are new to the tech industry. And every single time we have these unprecedented times, they're not sure what people are talking about. So the first thing, let's keep this really simple, Brian, what's the difference between being laid off and being fired? Yep. Very good question. And I think sometimes these can used interchangeably when really they should not because they're two very different things. And especially for younger engineers who are newer in their career, it is important to know the distinction. And I'll get into that for a reason. Layoff is an elimination of a position. So typically a trimming of payroll or the workforce, you might have a team of 40 people that they're trimming down to 20 people and there's no intention to refill those spots. And there's a variety of reasons for that. Usually funding, the money can be a large driver behind that. But that's it. It forces outside of your control or why you lost your job. On the flip side, if you're fired, that's the opposite, where unfortunately 
that individual did something on his or her own that did allow for their job to be eliminated. And the company has every intention of refilling their position if you get fired. So fired is for cause. It's unfortunately, maybe you weren't performing up to the task or not getting along with a coworker or something like that led to your departure and they're going to replace you. But a layoff is the opposite. Totally forces outside of your control, has nothing to do with you personally. It's usually a decision that comes from higher up and for whatever reason, they have to let some folks go. So nothing to feel bad about if you get laid off. And we'll touch on that in a little bit. But it is an important distinction not to use those interchangeably because when you go for your next job, saying you're laid off has a far different connotation than if you are fired. There's a lot more questions to be asked if you're fired by your next employer versus a layoff where everyone understands these things happen and hopefully they're going to be the lucky ones to be able to hire you because the last company couldn't retain you. Totally agreed. I'm so glad that we defined that. So on a personal note, Brian, have you ever been laid off? I have. And it was a long time ago. It was in the early 2000s. It was right after 9-11 before Mirror, which seems like forever ago and was forever ago. I did have a job with a, a very trade show company that sold online booth space for trade shows. It was a very novel concept at the time, probably dating myself here, but it was kind of early internet, just early trade show experience type thing. But 9-11 happened and all trade shows were canceled. All travel was kind of canceled. And totally did lead to the shutdown of my company at the time. And one thing I recall when that happened was it's, it was kind of a gut punch. Like you kind of felt like one day you're employed meaningfully and happy and everything's going fine. And then the next day, bam, totally unforeseen. Someone comes in to kind of take your computer, tell you that your position has been eliminated, typically along with a lot of other people, which was the case in my case. And yeah, can leave you the funny feeling, but as you mature and you get older and you see how the world works a bit, you understand it doesn't have anything to do with you and should not be taken personally. Inevitably, you will feel a little funny about it. You know, hopefully that feeling shouldn't last too long because you can get right back on your feet pretty quickly. Totally. I have a story to share as well. As listeners know, my first job after I learned how to code was for a Rails hosting platform called Ninefold. And so it was kind of a startup built into this Australian enterprise. And so I worked as a support engineer from the United States front. And so I was working with two other engineers in the U.S. And so they ultimately decided that they were going to shut down the platform. And they actually flew out one of our favorite Australian engineers to like spend some time with us. Brian, I did not see it coming. And so he took us out to lunch and we're just casually talking. And then he just casually mentions that we no longer work there. <laughs> oh my gosh! I just remember thinking to myself, I was so incredibly shocked that all of a sudden I lost hearing. I couldn't hear anything. It's, wow. it's funny what the body does whenever you're going through a shock. So like we talked about how being laid off and being fired is two very different things. But no matter what, it's still very shocking. And so... It's one of those experiences, if you've never been laid off, I don't recommend it, but it, you definitely build empathy for people who have gone through it. Yes, yes. That, yeah, that's a crazy story. But yeah, it doesn't surprise me, right? You can have just kind of different reactions to it because it is. It's, that's the best word. I think you nailed it, is a shock. And I remember it myself. The only silver lining, just a quick side note, to the layoff for myself, I remember, is that I got to work with my future father-in-law for three months. He was in the construction industry and he's a master carpenter and he was like, all right, it's time for a non-computer job. You want to give it a shot? <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is great. And I learned what it means to uh, make a buck in a lot harder way. I was exhausted by the end of the day, a lot more 
than behind the keyboard. You would laugh about it, but that's when I was dating my future wife back then in 2001. And yeah, so there was a little brief bright side to getting laid off, but the initial shock was not fun. Well, you know what? I mean, I love the silver lining to it, too, because when I got laid off from Ninefold, I was unemployed for a week because a customer ended up taking two of us. And then I started writing code instead of doing support engineering. And that really gave me my first chance of writing production code. So I do like the silver lining in it. So there is a shock there, but really it's turning that shock into an opportunity. Honey Badger has been a longtime sponsor of the Ruby on Rails podcast, and we are seriously grateful. What's Honey Badger? Glad you asked. Do you have to keep your production online even when you'd rather be coding? Monitoring, like web development, can be complicated. There are tons of tools and techniques, but you just want to know that your app is up and that your customers are happy. Whether your team is large or small, you don't want to be stuck watching charts or tailing logs all day to make sure nothing is going wrong. When your customers encounter a problem, you need clear, actionable intelligence, not walls of charts and reams of logs. Honey Badger is the application health monitoring tool built for you, the developer who cares about a quality product and happy customers. To dive into all of this, head on over to honeybadger.io. Brian, any thoughts on how a company should approach a layoff if it has to happen? Well, you know, I've seen now, just in the past month or so, with the various layoffs happening, I've seen firsthand how some companies have really gone the extra mile to treat their employees really well as well as you can in a layoff. And I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, everyone kind of thinks the same thing. The severance is something that most everyone gets, some sort of compensation to cover the next month or two months or three months or six months, like depends on how generous the company wants to be. And that's really nice. You're not guaranteed to get that, but if you do, it's nice, you know, take the stress out of finding that next role. That is typically something I see by and large. But beyond that, Being able to provide resources for that employee to find their next job is also really critical. And I think just more so than I've maybe seen before in the past or than I can remember. For example, I've had some old clients that, you know, I may have not even spoken to for a year or longer, kind of come out of the blue to say, like, unfortunately, we kind of fell on some hard times. We had to lay off a few people, but we really want them to land in a good spot. And we wanted to introduce them to you to see if you can help them find that next job. And I think the lesson there is just from an employer standpoint, like you can really, you know, as much as it stinks to have to lay someone off, you can really leave that person with a great impression by doing more than just a severance package. And I could see just from the reactions of those engineers, when I hopped on a Zoom call with them, they were just so thankful. And in some ways they said, I really don't even know where to start. I just got this news and it's like, what job boards do I jump on or who do I talk to? And the fact that so-and-so was spoke highly of you and wanted to put us in touch. Like this really means a lot. I thank you for sharing whatever you have. It was just very clear that it meant a lot to the employees to be introduced to someone. It could be any other recruiter or just any connection you might have. Do a little bit more than just that severance really could go a long way. So that would be something that I have seen recently that's been a big positive. So once the initial shock is over and you know that you're being laid off, what are the questions an employee should be asking? So first of all, should they ask why it was them? That's a very natural question. I think when it happened to me, I said the same thing. I was like, why did I get cut? So yeah, very natural reaction. But in a case of a layoff, it almost never has anything to do with you. It really doesn't. It's there's so many other factors, some of which may seem crazy, but a lot of times it does come down to money. One thing I think I've seen over the years is that whether or not you're retained or not might not have as much to do, and this might be a bruise to someone's ego, 
It might not have as much to do with skill level as you think. Sometimes it does and depends on the company. It's case by case. Like if you are the only person who's the gatekeeper and you know that code base inside and out and they're not gonna be able to function without you, of course you're not getting cut. But if you're a larger organization, you may find that some of the first people they trim are the most senior people because they typically earn the most. And if it comes down to money, unfortunately, that's kind of the route they take. So you never quite know why you might've been retained or why you were cut, but it's important to know with a layoff, it is not personal. Rarely has anything to do with anything skill-wise and whatnot. It's a lot of times these external factors. And again, I kind of keep going back to the finances, but from what I hear from any clients I've had in the past or whatnot, that tends to be the driving factor behind it, whether or not they can get funding, stuff like that. So that would be the main thing is don't be too introspective about it. It's a matter of just kind of getting over that shock and then moving on, really. No, I agree. I had a friend who got laid off at a company and at one point the company separated them into two different groups. And when my friend entered the room, the star engineer was there and she thought to herself, I'm safe. The star is here. There's no way this is the group that's getting laid off. And you were absolutely right, Brian. It was the group getting laid off because the star engineer was very expensive. And that really is what it boiled down to. Yeah, I've seen it a few too many times. So whether you're super talented and think you're indisposable kind of thing or not, or you're more on the junior side, you really don't know. Like they may keep a mix of you. They may keep some of the folks that just good, but cost a little less or not. Or are they just going to keep like one or two of the high performers and then let everyone else go? So because of that, it's case by case. There's no rhyme or reason to it. It stinks. Either either way you slice it, it's not fun to get that news. But you know, generally speaking, like you said, there's always an opportunity on the other side of it. So you always have to keep that in mind. Totally agreed. Now, the next point that I want to make is something that I really need to work on, and that's around letters of recommendation. So we've been talking continuously about how it's very likely not your fault, but you have to depart. And so should a laid off employee ask for a letter of recommendation before they leave? I love that idea. I also think even if for whatever reason, you don't want a just formal letter of recommendation, just ask if they could be a reference for you and say, hey, to part ways here, even if you could just be a reference, can I count on you when I interview for my next job to be someone that I can list and you can let them know, you know, the the work that I did here and the impact that I made, all of those things. And of course, they're going to say yes, if you're in good standing and whatnot. So yeah, whether it is a letter of recommendation, that's great if they have the time to do that for you. But if not, at least asking them to be on board as a reference is great. And if you can get that, it really does go a long way. I see it firsthand. I mean, there's no better endorsement of someone. And I ask this all the time. There's no better endorsement if someone can go to their most recent employer and get a reference. If they're very comfortable doing that, that typically means things ended amicably, they grew apart or whatever the case may be. Whenever I have a developer tell me that I really would prefer not to get a reference from my most recent employer, sometimes that can be a tricky situation. So yeah, that's a wise thing. It's maybe not the first thing you're thinking of because you're still processing the fact that you've just been laid off. But if the days afterwards, if you can definitely see if there'd be cool being a reference for you, or if you can get that letter of recommendation, all the better. So one interesting aspect that I see around layoffs, and this proves just how ingrained into the world spreadsheets are. So I want your take on this, Brian. Should a laid off employee agree to be on the spreadsheet of candidates looking for new roles that companies seem to share, like on LinkedIn and Twitter after the fact? That's case by case. I do feel like one thing I have seen be helpful is when there are these kind of mini support groups, almost like on Slack or some sort of private channel where 
if there were 20 of you that all lost your job and you'd be looking for something new, just a place where you can all sort of come together and share leads that you've seen or companies that you've been talking to. You know, maybe you interviewed with a company that wasn't a good fit for you, but it would have been a good fit for one of your coworkers and made you think of them. A place where you can kind of share all that information. I've heard a lot of developers will have a little Slack community going on their own, something they kind of have to do privately. That has seemed to be pretty good. I'm not sure exactly how I feel about the spreadsheet, but again, case by case, some developers might be totally fine with that and welcome that. Others might be a little more guarded about it and want to be more selective about who knows they're on their market and whatnot or which companies they're going to talk to. But I found like a Slack channel or even some sort of like email chain that's sort of a support chain, if that makes sense, has been pretty productive. Totally fair. Now, we talked about providing a generous severance package, which we're going to at this point assume that companies are doing. If you're not like that's not cool, please clean up your act. But assuming that a laid off employee has a bit of runway, how long do you think they should wait until they look for a new role? Yeah, I think the answer to this is pretty easy. As soon as you are emotionally over that shock. Yeah, that's it, because you don't want to do is to an interview and still be venting about what happened or still have questions about like, why was it me? I didn't agree that they did this. Those are all very natural emotions and totally fine to say to your recruiter. Like I hear that stuff all the time and I love that. I think it's important for people to get that stuff off their chest. And I always say like, literally say whatever you want to me. That's totally fine. But obviously when you're in the interviews, you'll want to just take a little bit of a higher road. So as soon as you can get past that initial shock and your emotions are kind of under control and you're good, then it is time to interview. And for some people, that can be two or three days later. Some people, it might be a week or two. That's typically what I see is somewhere between a week to three weeks, somewhere in there. Three weeks might be a little long, but usually after that first week is when I hear from folks, especially recently, that's what I've been hearing. It's like, I'll hear, yeah, this happened last week or 10 days ago or something like that. So that tends to be what I've seen, but Again, for each person will be different. So whenever you've got all your emotions in check, you're good to go. Because the one mistake, even regardless of a layoff that you know I have seen developers make, and sometimes you have to learn it the hard way, is obviously when you're in a new interview process, you never want to speak poorly of a past employer. It might be easy to be emotional fresh off a layoff. So you just want to get past that because if you go into that next interview and you're saying something negative that you didn't agree with it, or you thought this person made this bad decision or whatnot, that's kind of an immediate turnoff because that new company is going to say, oh, geez, you know, if we have to let this person go, are they going to talk badly about us on the way out? So as long as you can take the emotion out of it, you're in good shape and you should be ready to interview. Yeah. So I want to second that as well. As someone who uses Twitter, I've seen people get laid off and I've seen them for weeks on end just say all kinds of negative stuff about their past employer. And in some ways you appreciate how candid they're being, but also that kind of stuff is going to haunt you. And so that's why it's incredibly important to have an inner circle where you can get that negative energy off of you. I was raised by a mother who always told me, don't put anything bad in writing. And 37 years later, I still adhere to that advice just because I agree with you, Brian. I don't think people realize how much digging future employers or future opportunities do before they bring someone on for an opportunity. Yeah. Well, that sounds like you had a very wise mom for sure. (laughs) So true. Even regardless of layoffs, just rewind to last year, let's say I'll have a developer who just wants to change jobs, not because they're laid off, just because things aren't going well for X, Y, Z reasons. And sometimes I'll even have engineers say, like, I'll tell them, I'll say, yeah, you know what? They decided to pass. They said, you're just a little too critical about the past job and kind of what happened. 
and I'll have someone say, well, I was just being honest. I was just telling them like what happened. Like those are my true feelings, which I applaud for sure. Just like you said, there's part of you that's thank you for the transparency. That is important to know why, but there's a way to convey that. And there is a high road to take and certain things that can't say. So just walking that line. And honestly, I think one of the best things you can do is have your recruiter kind of do that for you if you're using one, because they can kind of smooth that over, make it known why you're looking to leave. And it insulates you from having to kind of get into it. But if you do, and you're asked on the spot, I always say honesty is the best policy, but to a point, again, you just want to keep things professional. I think that's the way you want to, that's probably the best word for it. Be honest, but professionally honest. And if you can do that, you'll be fine. This episode is sponsored by AppSignal. AppSignal offers performance monitoring with a touch of magic. Installation takes only a few minutes and works for popular Ruby frameworks. It automatically instruments and creates beautiful dashboards for Sidekick, Active Job, and other integrations. Don't cobble together a bunch of tools, but let AppSignal take care of your error tracking, performance insights, server metrics, and uptime monitoring. Visit appsignal.com slash ROR podcast for more information. As a listener of the Ruby on Rails podcast, you get a 10% discount and a box of sweet treats. That's appsignal.com slash ROR podcast. So you mentioned that the candidates that you're talking to about one third of them have been recently laid off. And so when you're speaking to a client on behalf of the candidate, are you bringing that up up front so the candidate doesn't need to have that uncomfortable conversation with the employer? Yes. Again, I always adhere to that sort of professional honesty. So I will say whatever may have happened or whatever the situation is, always totally transparent about it, but not in a way that's going to be over the top or make the candidate look bad or anything like that. And it always works out. But yeah, very often we can just make that pretty easy on the developer. But sometimes you get asked these things off the cuff or on the spot or you're not using a recruiter. So that's just that bit of advice. Your mom had it exactly right. (laughs) Don't put anything bad in writing for sure. And if you have to talk about it, as I say, try to take the high road. Totally agreed. Now, my partner, this was about seven years ago, went through a massive layoff at his company. What ended up happening is they emailed everybody at the company that they were going to keep and they basically told them, get out, leave the building, go somewhere else and basically disappear for half the day and then we'll have you reappear. And so essentially when they came back to the office, about half of them had been laid off and he asked the flip side question, why did you keep me? Because he felt that, you know, his skills were comparable to others, but there were people who were more senior than him. And they truthfully told him that they kept him because they thought he was going to be good for morale to keep. Because we have to think about the people who are left behind during a layoff because the company still needs to keep going. And that is a huge emotional hit. In some ways, the people that are laid off, like they get a clean break. But then you're also dealing with the people that are left behind. And so any advice on how a company should re-inspire the employees that they've decided to keep? That's a really good story about your partner. It's just so interesting to hear companies handle these things so differently, (laughs) so differently. But yeah, I mean, gosh, re-inspiring the employees who have been retained. The only way to do it is with complete transparency. could be for so many reasons. Like you said, it could be skill. It could be for morale. Like that's probably one of the more important pieces. Like if you have someone you know is going to keep the vibes positive and seems to be someone who's invested and is a good teammate, all of those things, 
that's super important. So yeah, there's going to be a bunch of reasons, but the one thing you can't do is not kind of sit down and have these heart to hearts or have a manager talk to folks and be very upfront. Yes, this was a shock. Yeah, you've had some teammates leave. Everyone's surprised, but we kept you and here are the reasons why. And we believe that our path forward has to be inclusive of you for these reasons. And we're excited about that. So re-inspiring folks who remained is super, super important, but the only way to do it is by being truthful and fully transparent. I agree, Brian. And I think part of the message too can't be, we lost half of the workforce. We're going to expect you to do double the work to cover those people. And we're just going to keep doing the same thing that we've been doing is not going to work. You have to either compensate the employees that have stayed behind with perks or time off, or it might be comp changes. And you have to talk about how you're going to adjust things at the company so that you can maintain the efficacy of the company. So it might be that you're pivoting or that you're focusing on a particular feature. There has to be some sort of change that is happening so people can be focused on that and reinvigorated about the company. Yeah, exactly. I think you said it very well there for sure. So last question for you, Brian, and this is something that you probably will start experiencing as the market gets regulated again, but how does a company approach hiring new employees after they've had a very public layoff? Yeah, for sure. And it's the same way. The transparency works both ways. So in fact, I saw this really with COVID. COVID was a good example of a time when there were a lot of layoffs and all of a sudden, two months later, in a lot of these cases, companies are rehiring again. And it can be tricky because you're taking on these new employees. They want to know, well, what just happened? And now we're hiring again. Again, full transparency. Be completely honest about why you had to make those layoffs. They may very well have been justified, may have been an overreaction. Whatever the case may be, you know, whether the company got it right or got it wrong, just own it and be very truthful with your future employees because that way, They'll just feel like they're getting started on the right foot. They know exactly what the situation was. May or may not have been like an understandable scenario of why the layoffs happen. But the transparency just makes it easy. It makes it much easier for people to say yes and come on board. And then why those new people are going to be a part of your future and get you where you want to go. So there's two sides to that equation as you're recruiting new folks to come on. But it can be a little scary. It's always a moment of pause when developers hear that there was a recent layoff. Well, why is that? Is the company in good financial standing? Are there issues there? Just let them know everything. <laughs> you know, That's exactly how you do it. And if you do that and they're comfortable with it, you'll be fine. If they're not comfortable with it, there's not much you can do about that. But by and large, they will be because when most people hear the truth, they can process that, they understand it. And if it makes sense to them, you're good. And most people will be fine. So That's the way to approach it, just the same way as you would with the people that you retained after the layoff. I guess the lesson there is that transparency is always the way to go. Absolutely. Well, Brian, thank you so much for having this important conversation with me today. I think we both agree that we have a lot of empathy towards both the candidates and the companies that are currently having to do layoffs. But I think it's important to ask these kinds of questions and be prepared should this happen to you or somebody that you're close to. And regardless of what happens, it's still a shock and proud of the people who can be able to pick up and move on from it. But that being said, it is definitely a shock. And so you want to be as prepared as possible. Yeah, for sure. No, I thought we touched on a lot of good topics today. A lot of real life stuff that goes on out there when it comes to layoffs and then finding something new. And it's a tricky time, but it's certainly it's one that can be navigated. And as I've seen so many times now with engineers, even in the past month, 
one door closes, but another one can open pretty fast. So you always have to keep that in mind too. Absolutely. Well, listeners, if you have any other topics that you'd love to hear from Brian, please reach out and let us know. Otherwise, Brian, I will talk to you soon. All right. Very good. Thanks, Brittany. You've been listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded to stay in the loop on Ruby on Rails and open source software. While you're at it, please leave us a review. And thank you for listening.